2: T's and C's apply in South Wales, authorisation number tp slash 01005.
3: After a long and frustrating at times hiatus from the ring due to the COVID disruptions, New Zealand's heavyweight boxing star and former champion Joseph Parker is back in attack mode preparing for his fight against Englishman Derek Chisora on December 19th. It's been a long journey for Joe and one that's now features leading boxing trainer and former middleweight champion Andy Lee in his corner. And Andy is joining us out of the UK base now. It's morning here, it's afternoon or evening over in the UK. Good
1: evening, Andy, how are you? Okay, Baz, how are you?
3: Good, Mark, good. Baz is on the other side. It's Izzy here, bud. How are you doing? How's the training Oh, Izzy, sorry,
1: sorry, excuse me. No, no, we
3: sound the same. (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah, the training's I, been really good so far up to this point. We've put in Joseph's put in a uh, tremendous amount of work with his conditioning and his mm. fitness and his strength. And now we're in the phase where he's focusing on sparring. So I've got some really good guys here to spar with him. He's getting sharp, and we're looking to make you know improvements all the time.
3: Mm. What What are those improvements that you're looking to make uh, with, with Joe, mate? I know you've you've had a fair while with him now. You've you've formed a, a nice wee relationship, a partnership. Um, what are those? some of those improvements that we could be looking for come December 19th when he faces off against Chisora?
1: Well, the first fight, we didn't have a lot of time together. We had basically five weeks to prepare. Mm. And that was, you know, we'd never even met each other up to that before then. Um, so it was very hard for to make any real changes to his yes. style. But now this time we've had a full camp and we've had the time... It, previous camp we've had the time in between fights where joe's kept working on what we've been trying to do and we're looking Mm. for him to be more consistent more um to be able to sustain attacks and keep his foot on the pedal um because Mm. joe i think will will admit that he's um he in fights he'll do something really really good and then he'll take then he'll take a little break maybe lose concentration or try to have a little rest um Mm. So we, I've stressed him and I've worked him really hard um, so that he has confidence in his conditioning. Uh, it's as much as physical as it is mental as well. So we're working on that side mm-hmm. of things too. And um, if he can emulate what he's doing in the gym, it should be a very good night for him. Um, we know Trezor is a very hard opponent. You look what he did with Jusek. He pushed Jusek and it was a very close fight. Some fought he won that fight. And some fought he won the first fight with Joseph. So he's always a tough customer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not underestimating him, but if Joseph can do what he's been doing in the gym, then it should be a good night for Joe.
0: Andy, it's Baz here. Mate, both, uh, both myself and Izzy, we're good mates with Joe as well, and we love watching him watching him go about his work, and we love the fact that he's, he did scale the mountain a little way back. But the, the division is just so hot right now. Do you, do you think, Joe, has he got the fire, has he got the desire to try and get himself back up there and, and be champion of the world again?
1: in your eyes I think the fact that he's come over here you know changed coach relocated left his family I think that shows a certain desire and determination and hunger um, It you know it would be easy for him to remain in the same situation he was before and box well within himself but um, he's right there he's in an unbelievable position mm. you know to, to, to challenge these guys and when you see what Jusek did to Anthony Joshua yeah I th- you know, I think Joe kicked himself because of his performance against Joshua after seeing that, um, Joe has the ability and, and for a heavyweight, it is unusual because he's such a big man, strong and powerful, but he's quick, has fast hands, able to fight with combinations. Um, and he has the beatings of, beating of, beatings of all these guys. He just has to put it all together now. And, 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 you know, um, yeah, yeah maybe he did get comfortable. Maybe he did, you know, uh, kind of become a you know a big fish in a small pond but now i think he realizes that that will only last long and he's been around tyson fury i think he's been inspired by tyson fury and um yeah i i see i see that desire there and he like i'm not sure how long he wants to fight for but within these next few years i be, like i believe he can and should do should be winning another world title
0: beautiful that's music to ears. we're really proud of him back here in new zealand as well and it's awesome to see him doing some great things over there and and yeah i guess the 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 fact that he is working with Tyson Fury as well like that must just be such an opportunity for him to see up close what the absolute best is like as well
1: yeah, they've spent a, like a lot of time um together um in the gym and out of the gym and Tyson's a great aid to to me as well as as well as Joseph um in terms of giving advice and wisdom and he knows Tyson knows the heavyweight division, most divisions, but the heavyweight division. He is, is, is has an encyclopedic knowledge of this of the fighters, like from amateurs to professional. He knows them all, and he can give you a full scouting report on every one of them. So um, he knows Shizora very well. They're good friends, and he, you know, I think Chizora is a little bit peeved that Tyson's allowed us to come over here and use his gym and help us train. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Tyson, we're, we're Tyson, and the biggest benefit to Joe will be the mentality. The mentality you know how what separates tyson from everybody else in the division is he's the way he thinks and how he doesn't give up how strong he is in his mind and if joe can pick up an like a little bit of that it'll be a big benefit to him
3: beautiful man i've been watching online i've been watching online and seeing mm. the training just watching the gypsy king you know, with that medicine ball smashing his tummy. You know, uh, senior, <laughs> senior Fury as well getting amongst that mate. It, it must be, it must be a good, good environment to be able to train with. You know, over there with the Gypsy King in his gym. Um, you know, being able to learn from the best, mate. But what will Joe? What will Joe need to do to stop Derek Jasora or or even get the win? In your eyes, what, what's the one thing he needs to do?
1: He needs to. It, it it's it's not rocket science. Cesaro is going to come forward and and let you know throw hell for lever, and he's wild mm-hmm. and he's rough and he's and he's dirty at times. So Joe has to that's the <laughs> challenge Joe faces and the physical challenge as well. Joe has to use a sharp jab, a spiteful jab, be focused at all times, and especially when he's back to the rope, be very alert. And th- and then Cesaro, from what I've seen, is that he doesn't have the engine that he once had. He's nearly 40 years old now. And so after f- three to four rounds, Joe can weather the storm early and, and punishes Zora as well as, um, as well as, you know, deal with what he's doing, nullify him. Then Joe should look to come on strong after round four and hopefully force a stoppage. That's 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 the game plan we're working on. Um, mm. We don't want to leave go to the scorecards because a lot of people, as I said, a lot of people think Zora won the first fight. And so he'll have kind of the sympathetic vote if a round is close and he's, he's already crying about the judging and the referee. And so they'll, they'll not they won't want to give anything against him if it's close, you know? So I think Joe, I think, and, and listen, Joe needs to make a statement as well and get the knockout. We're Mm. we're not, we're not working here for the last eight weeks, um, away from our families, sacrificing all this stuff for us just to go out and get a, you know, a so-so victory. Joseph has to make a statement and I've told him that he knows that, Mm. um, And what you didn't see in that video with the medicine ball and and, and John and Tyson Fury is that after he got through with Tyson, he went straight to Joe and gave it to him just as hard. So so Joe's had it. And, uh, you know, we'll be out for the morning runs. And all of a sudden, John Fury was like, okay, Joe, get down, give me 10 ten press-ups, ten squat jumps, ten squat thrusts, ten burpees. And Joe just looks at me and I said, hey, go ahead, Joe. <laughs> you gotta do it. <laughs> so he's had, you know, he's it's been like even like like today, today, you know, we have uh, David Nika here, uh, the other New Zealander, yeah. uh, Olympic star. And um John had some sparring lined up for Tommy Fury, but then uh Tommy had a press conference, so they forgot to cancel the sparring. The sparring guy turns up. And John rings me, he said, oh, I need it. I've got a problem. There's a sparring guy here for Tommy, but Tommy's got a press conference. one of on, the lads. I, I went downstairs, David and Nico was in bed, asleep after having a nap after the morning run. I said, David, you got some sparring? He, he jumped up out of the bed. Come on, let's go. He got his gloves on, got his boots on, went straight to the gym <laughs> I went to work. So <laughs> listen, this has been a great experience for these boys, for, for the two of them. And uh, yeah, they, they, they're getting the phone out of them, but they're, they're not, not not one way are they, you know, are they uh, shying away from the challenge.
3: Oh,
0: I love it. Well, that's, that's pretty awesome to hear. We'll, we'll talk about David Neake here in a minute because he's, he's a really exciting prospect for us as well. And we're delighted that these guys are getting the opportunity with, with you and, and the Fury camp as well. Hey, uh, one thing I did just want to know. So say in the middle of the fight and you're getting into sort of round six, round seven, and you can sort of sense that maybe Sora's starting to tire. Joe's still got plenty in the tank. He's sitting in the corner. Like, can you give us a little snippet of what you'll be telling what you'll be saying to Joe, looking him in the eyes, saying.
1: Um, be methodical, be spiteful. And listen, um, if Joe can't sense it, I can definitely sense it when a fighter's ready to go. You know, when you see, sometimes, uh, as a coach, you have to read, you have to be able to read the fight and know, almost know how the fighter's feeling inside himself and how are the opponent's feeling and thinking. And sometimes, sometimes you can see, like, I was very lucky to be trained by Emmanuel Stewart and Emmanuel would do my corner. And, you know, people were saying, go get him, Andy. Knock him out, knock him out. And Emmanuel was me in the corner, take it easy, Andy. Just keep boxing, keep boxing. He'll be ready to go in a few rounds. And then whenever Emmanuel would say to me, go get him now, Andy. He's ready to go. Almost always, guaranteed, if I went out and put stepped on the pedal that round, I would have, end up with a knockout or a stoppage. So that's what you have to be able to do as a coach. And there were times in the first fight when Joe had him, had him ready to go, but just didn't press on, just didn't press on and hopefully we've addressed that now with the conditioning and it's not as i said it's mental it's knowing that joe Joe can go there so i I, when we've been training i've like i said i've stressed him i've met him shadow box like like realistic box and then hit the heavy bag for maybe five or six rounds to the point where he's completely drained where he's doing power power endurance on the heavy bag and then then we do pads then i'll make him perform and and then you know, so that he's coming into the ring stressed and tired and ready like to have a break, but no, you got to go to work now. So, that's we're trying doing our best to emulate that with the training. And now I'm seeing the benefits in the sparring, um, so far. Awesome, no oh, mate.
3: Just from hearing those insightful comments from the trainer, mate, I just can't wait. I feel like this is going to be a new Joseph Parker, and like you said, an aggressive hot mentally tough joe when it's time to turn flick the switch he's going to go out there and in and chisora so thank you so much for, for sharing those insights mate we really appreciate it Hey, no quick before you shoot off I want to talk to you about david nika david nika he's been yeah. training extremely hard over there as well and been watching him on, on the social media and he's looking a great nick have you been impressed with how he's been um training over the last period of time
1: you know, to be honest with you, David came with a huge reputation. I'd watched him in the Olympics and watched some of his amateur fights. and was quite excited about him. And then when I got him in the gym, doing the pads and doing things, you know, I was like a little bit underwhelmed. Um, well, so mm. this week I I got this cruiserweight up here named Jordan Thompson, who's like, had a, you watch look him up. He had a sensational knockout. He's a real danger man in the division. And I just wanted to test uh, David and say, you know, this kid is coming up and, you know, tell him a little bit about uh, John Thompson and let him know that he was going to be in deep in the deep water and listen uh, i don't want to say too much but david uh, put on a show put, and that really excited me so i think that'll tell you about david Neger's character and uh, mm. yeah listen he's a very exciting kid and we we're, we're just finding our feet me and him together and it's with him it's a long term project very you know it's 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 maybe the next 2 years you'll 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 see the best of him but He's in great shape. He's and he's a lovely person, just much, just as much as Joe is, and it's he's a pleasure to be around.
3: Wow, wow, that's some. I wonder if he heard Coach saying that? And he was like, "Okay, I've got to prove Coach wrong here." Went out and put on a show in front of Andy <laughs> Lee. <laughs> How good! Hey, uh, quickly, Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury's fight against Jake Paul. Is it true? If he loses, he's got to change his last name. Nah.
1: Well, I think he might have to. He might be disowned by the family if he doesn't win, because it's a mad amount of pressure. that doesn't. They, are put an unbelievable amount of pressure on the on the young lad. He's not. Uh, he's got about the same experience yeah. as Jake Paul in terms of no amateur fights and just a few, yeah. few, few pro fights. So he's got a lot, a lot on his shoulders. And uh, I listen, Tommy should win if you look at them as boxers. But the occasion, the pressure, I think it's a lot closer mm-hmm. than people. You know, people people are giving it credit for and Jake Paul is, has been training as as much as anybody in, in, and probably has the resources to have a great camp and bring in the best people so listen i think it's i think it's Tommy's a slight favorite because he's his ability in the ring but when you take all the other other factors into consideration it's a big fight you know and it's a close fight
3: awesome awesome Andy Lee hey thank you so much for joining us out of the uk mate we can't wait to see Thanks, Joseph Andy. parker no worries, go guys. to work on the 19th of December and see the progress that you have spoken about. Hopefully you've given him all the tools. Hopefully he can adapt and react. Appreciate it, mate.
1: He, be- he better. Or else i get the Gypsy King and, and John Fury to set about him <laughs> with the medicine ball. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, awesome. oh,
3: that was Andy Legend. Lee. Parker v. Chisora 2 is live on Sky Arena Sunday, the 19th of December. 7am to book text box to four zero two four or go to www.skyarena.co.nz and I'm gonna be watching that fly, baby. <laughs> have you? I don't know, have you seen that oh. medicine ball mate? Oh, scary! My guts would have fell through the mate. other side of my back the way they were hitting that thing, mate. How how excited
0: does that get you though? So like Joe Parker, oh. like we know he's got talent. He's been there, mate. Like where he got to under. Kevin Barry was great. But this is a whole different realm of training, of expertise, yeah, but, of demands, of professionalism. Like this is the best of the best he has surrounded himself with. And he he has the opportunity in front of him. We talk about opportunity in sport and how it knocks every now and then and when it knocks you'd better be yeah. ready to take it. Well, opportunity's knocked for for Joseph Parker in this next little period. And if he takes it, then his life and his career is well and truly back on deck. December 19, mark that one in the calendar. Joseph Parker makes a big statement again in the heavyweight division. We've got plenty more coming up here on Baz Nizzi for breakfast. That was an awesome interview with Andy Lee. And cannot wait to see the new and improved Joseph Parker.
3: We've got to talk about a dog, a guy that just, everything he does... He does it with a 100% effort. He is full noise, this man. It's been a long year for the All Blacks lads. We've spoken about it lots this week. Some of the men in that set-up, though, they absolutely love the grind. The physical heat they can put their body through, so much so. Tonight at 7pm, Brad Moore, Sam Whitlock and head trainer Nick Gill are going to cycle in their MIQ rooms for 24 hours straight. I'm tired here reading this, they hope of raising $100,000 for early bowel cancer detection and in and in dedication to their close friend and former absolute champion logistics manager, Kevin chalky Carr, who died from pancreatic cancer in 2018. Nick Gill is on the line, line with us now. Of course, you're involved in this mad list, Gilly, you're an absolute champion, but you're doing it for a good friend and a good cause, and we appreciate you being on the show. Gilly, good morning, brother.
2: Hey, mate, how are you? How is he? are you? you good?
3: Oh, I'm good, mate. How are you?
2: Yeah, good, bro. Not too bad, not too bad. I just uh, just got up early to try and get all my stuff ready for tonight's bloody crazy adventure. So I'm um, lining up the food and lining <laughs> up the Coca-Cola. Yeah, she's all gay.
3: Right. She's all go but let's be honest let's be honest this ain't the first time you've done it you and Sammy Whitelock biked the entire length of New Zealand last year so you know you can go through that you gotta go to that dark place you know you love a Watt bike what brought this about yeah. mate what brought this up
2: oh uh, yeah, every year I just um, Chalky was a good mate of mine and um, mm. every year I just like doing something that makes me remember him um, and contribute yeah. to his cause you know so it's it's really just about about doing something for for, for, for some good and you know bowel, bowel cancer is one of those things where you know if we can if we can get early detection people survive you know and had um, like a mate that died and and it's sort of one of those things that you want to yeah. try and help and ensure other people don't get through the same suffering.
3: Yeah, you're an ap- you're absolutely right there, Gilly. He was an absolute champion, Kevin Chalky Car, and uh, he's an honest fan and had a lot of time for a mate, so I appreciate. What you're doing, mate. So, uh how'd you how'd you wrangle Sammy Whitelock and Brad Brad Moore into to be able to join you on this wee journey twenty four hours straight biking?
2: <laughs> yeah, well Sammy 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 enjoys a challenge. Um, I mentioned it to him briefly a few few months ago and his eyes lit up a little bit and then I left him to it I and mean, then um, wasn't it the we traveling home on Sunday that I said maybe in. And um took about two minutes to convince him. Um, so he was a good friend of Chalky's <laughs> as well. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where, what else are you going to do in MIQ, mate? You might as well sit on a bike and raise some money <laughs> for a good course.
0: <laughs> hey, Nick, it's uh, it's Baz here, mate. Just um, a couple of things. First of all, how do 24 hours straight, like like literally straight, so how do you stay up for 24 hours to be able to get the job yeah. done. And then secondly, we'll work out how we donate some money. But how do you stay up for twenty four hours?
2: Yeah, good good question, Baz. Um, mate, I, I have no idea. I've never done it before. So, um, you know, I've basically I'm just setting up all my food and all my drinks and um it's a hell of a lot of um stuff that's gonna be going in to my body just to keep me going. Um and you know, I'm just gonna the only time I wanna get off is to go to the toilet and hopefully it's only once or twice, but um, mate, i you know, we've got we've got technology around us. We've got TV. The, the, the Black Caps are playing this afternoon, so we'll be, I'll be watching the Black Caps on TV. And and then I'll, we've got people jumping on and riding through the night with us from all over the world. So a lot of Kiwi legend, Anna Wells, a New Zealand Ironman champion. She's jumping on at um, 2 a.m. this morning um, to keep us company. And 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 I'll just see people like that jumping on to to have a chat and ride for the cause.
0: Oh, that's awesome, mate. Well, you can tune into SCNZ as well and listen to a crack hot commentary team cover that game, the Black Caps game as well. Izzy would probably be able to give yeah. you a bit of a, an idea of how to stay out for 24 hours straight, but he's got a little bit of experience <laughs> of it. But how's about how do we go about uh, donating to uh, to this great cause, mate? What do we need to do? Oh, can look, we, we, can we
2: push we up on and to it up give a little? Nice, mate. We set up and give a little page, um, 24-hour waddy challenge for Chalky. Um, as a handle there and yeah we've um it's been amazing the support we've already raised about six thousand dollars where everything started so um yeah we want to, we want to try and get the hundred thousand dollars to really kick this cause along and um yeah so give a little page um 24-hour wadi challenge for Chalky.
3: Nice, beautiful gilly beautiful gilly you're an absolute champion mate love how you're about the people and doing good things for for other people, mate, really appreciate your time and uh, we'll, we'll we'll put that up on our Twitter page and we'll get some traction out there so hopefully people can donate and uh, watch the progress of Nick Gill, Sam Whitelock and Brad Moore, mate. Good luck and we'll catch up well, with you tomorrow, eh? We'll get a wee update in the morning, <laughs> eh? At
2: this time tomorrow I'll be halfway through and <laughs> hopefully oh, having a crack at the world record so we'll see how we go,
3: What's the world record? What's the world record?
2: 755 kilometers.
3: Oh, what's that pace, Gil? What's the pace you got to keep to get that?
2: Well, if you don't get off, it's about um, 32, 33 k an hour.
3: Oh, yeah, wow, so that's <laughs> big, What are those? What are those <laughs> k splits? That's about a minute.
2: <laughs> minute. Oh, probably, probably about a 145, 140, something like that. 145. Oh, Good k. Yuck. Yeah. yuck you'd probably have okay. thing, but is he 15 minutes you'd
3: last at that <laughs> oh gilly i've got a wap bike here man i'm just i'm just thinking about it i'm like man i struggle to keep that for one minute okay good luck gilly <laughs> oh mate 145 clicks i've got a wap bike here that is tough too. that is very, very tough but if anyone's going to do it it's nick gill mate he's an absolute champion and make sure head over to our Twitter page, we'll put that link up, and if you can, and you're able to, donate. Donate to a good cause, Chalky Car um, Trust, of raising money, and Chalky Car was an absolute champion. That was Nick Gill, he's the head trainer of the All Blacks.
0: Hey, we've got, uh, we've got our next guest on the line, looking forward to talking to the snake, Daniel McCarty. Tess cricket returns tonight as the Black Caps take on some very challenging conditions when they face India in Kanpur. Oof, that is a tough place to play Test Creek. We've got live coverage and commentary of the match from 5pm here on SCNZ and we're led by Daniel Snake-McCarty, who's going to be joined by Garth Galloway, a very good friend of mine. Jeremy Coney and Richard Petrie. Daniel McCarty is with us on the line now. Good morning there, Daniel.
4: Oh, Baz and Izzy, good morning. What a treat to be on with you this morning. I'm looking forward to probing questions.
0: Oh, what a treat to have! What a treat to be able to invite you on the show as well. Such a esteemed broadcaster as yourself to be a part of. We listened to you all the way through that T Twenty World Cup, as we come in yeah, here and cracking. listen to you and Grant T S Elliott calling home the Black Caps on many an occasion. It's great to be able to share the airwaves with you, Daniel.
4: Oh, thanks, mates. Appreciate that. No, it was really enjoyable, wasn't it? It's was great to see. New Zealand compete on the big stage once again, get it all the way through to the showpiece event. Let's not talk about that final against those boys. Uh, and I'm just totally <laughs> delighted to be involved. Test match cricket in India. Does it get any tougher, as you would know?
0: Mate, it is so difficult over there, eh? And especially at Kanpur too. I'm not sure what they're going to serve up, but I'm anticipating there's going to be uh, not a whole lot of green grass, not much live grass on that surface Daniel, what, what do you think, mate? What do you think the, uh, we can expect out of that Test match?
4: Well, I think the only the only green elements to uh, the ground, uh, as is the actual name of the ground, is the ironically named Green Park, isn't it? Uh, that's probably the only uh, the <laughs> tinge of green we're going to see. Uh, but uh, well, what I'm expecting, well, I'm a little bit torn. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but I, I, I see an in, inside that it certainly does look depleted for the first uh, Test match. Uh, so. New Zealand have got to go in with um, confidence, for sure, on that front. But one thing they probably need to do is um, not do what I did last night, which is pour over India's record at home. Uh, New Zealand haven't won a test in India in 33 years. It was the anniversary of the start of the test in '88 yesterday, Baz. And more recently, as you're well aware of, India's record at home is just quite frightening. I think since the start of 2015, 32 tests have won 25 of them. 25 tests at home have won and lost only two. So that's uh, just, just an utter sign of uh, how dominant this uh, group is. A- and while I have uh, given you the optimistic spin, I-, I will caution it with, yes, they are depleted, but the heart of their bowling attack is there. Those three spinners who were so um, impressive. Um, I-, I keep on calling him Axel Patel. Maybe that's due to my Guns and Roses love. Uh, Axar Patel uh, with um, <laughs> uh, Ravi Ashwin and uh, Jadeja. They're the heart and soul of that attack at home. They're going to be there, and they're going to be a massive threat. And we've got to find a way to score enough runs to be competitive. And I think if we are competitive after the the second innings of this game, you know, I I think the Indian public will be very much on their back. I don't think India wants to lose to New Zealand again, fellas. We've been in their head. There's no doubt about
0: it. Yeah, we sure have, mate. I think the thing about New Zealand, which... Which you can you can say this current New Zealand side are more resourceful than most most teams yeah. that have been there before. So there is one thing about them is they will adapt their selection to suit the conditions that they're presented with. And in their squad, they possess a strong bowling lineup as well. It'll be a, it'll be a different looking New Zealand Test lineup to what we're used to seeing back here in New Zealand, in our conditions. And um, there'll be obviously and there's no Trent Bolt on that tour, and they will play only two out of the three of Tim Southee. Um, Cole Jameson and Neil Wagner. Which which way do you think they'll go, the two out of those three, mate?
4: Well, Wagner did a, a decent job last summer, in 2016. Saudi wasn't there. So Saudi actually hasn't played a test in, in India for a long time, but he, of course, has fond memories. He picked up a seducer over there, so that's a bit of a challenging one. Um, I, I guess they'll know the nuances of, of uh, Green Park a little bit better if it's likely to swing through the air. Maybe that might see... Uh, Tim to get the nod. Uh, the heart and soul Wagner brings. It's got it. It must be so hard to leave him out of any side. And the way Jameson has just um, starred in, in Test cricket, I think you'd be a brave man to leave him. Leave him out. Uh, Some of all Patel plays. I, I, you've got to go with five bowlers. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. Baz, um, if they went maybe with the three quicks and two spinners, with Jameson batting at seven. If not, Santner will probably slide in at number seven with one of uh, Wagner, Salvi and Jameson to, to miss out. So as you rightly point out, it's a vastly different sort of bowling attack than we are used to here. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing how the likes of uh, Ajaz Patel and Will Somerville, who acquitted themselves so very well at the UAE in that great series victory against Pakistan, just our second away from home against Pakistan, uh, not too long ago. Hopefully uh, they can make the most of, of a, a rare sighting in the match Arena for New Zealand. But I also look look at the batting, and if there's one guy I would put a ring around as um, a key man for us, knowing how good Williamson is against spin, how good Latham looked in his one and only T-Series over in India. I look to Ross Taylor. He's probably been maybe a little bit under par in India before. I think he's averaging in the mid-20s. I I know he'll be very conscious of that, and if he can find a way to, um, to deliver with Williamson and Latham, I think those three men are so central, so I'm looking for Roscoe to deliver a big one.
0: Yeah, I think our bowling group will get enough wickets. I really do. I think it's going to be our batting lineup, and especially without Devin Conway, because I thought he was a player who, Mm -hmm. alongside Kane Williamson, um, Tom Latham, and Ross Taylor, could have just given us enough to be able to to really frustrate um, the Indian spinners. Um, without him there, it just feels a little bit light, but there is some quality there. Yeah. Tom Latham is a very, very good player against the spinner. He has had his issues against Rubichandri Ashwan. That's the only thing. Kane Williamson, we know what he's capable of. I'd love to see Ross Taylor be quite positive in this series um, against the spinners. I think he's a much um, more effective player in trying spinning conditions when he's actually looking to try and score runs rather than just survive. Um, and and hopefully with all his experiences, I think he he might go that route as well. But it's going to be a fascinating series, mate. And the good thing about the New Zealand side, you know, they're going to fight. You know, they're going to be well prepared. Oh, no, they're going no to be question. well resourced, and they're going to fight.
4: Yeah, no, no question about that. So I'm um, very much looking forward to seeing if they can to rise to that challenge and and uh, put India under pressure. I, 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 as I've mentioned, I'll, I'll repeat it. I, I think that first half of the first half of this. Test match is so important for the series. Two test match series are so difficult, pregnant as you know. You don't have a lot of runway to, to, to find the right recipe and form. And if we can stay in the fight, put them under pressure, um, stranger things have happened. But uh, it, it certainly is a huge
0: ask. It uh, sure is, mate. Uh, great questions, is. Um, we look forward to... Um, we look forward to... <laughs> Couldn't get a word in, mate.
3: Yeah, get bad, a word in. Bad, sorry. I was have waiting got, for a have point. You got one for? Have you got one? <laughs> no, for the, oh, s- for I've smack. got a quick one about the call. I've got a quick one about the call. You've done the t twenty short format of the game, the test, mate. Preparation heading into a call when you're doing a test match that so potentially can go five days. What's 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 the key to that, mate? What do, what's the preparation well, luckily, like heading into a I'm big just, big call at the test?
4: Luckily, I'm just such an athlete as um, is that, uh, you know, my stamina is, goes without question. Um, and the good thing is there's no basin reserve buffet to completely ruin me at lunchtime and, and want to have a nap
3: in uh,
4: session number two and session number three. Uh, but, hey, we've got a really experienced our commentary team. We're all really excited, uh, privileged to, to bring you Test Cricket here on SMZ. Uh, You know, one, one of the very best going around in the business as far as... Uh, summarises Jeremy Coney, alongside Garth Galloway. Um, Can't wait to work with my mate Richard Petrie. Um, I'm sure our um, verbal jousting will probably start in the second over between Peaches and I. Um, And and the whole team's really excited. We can't wait to to bring you to cricket here on SCNZ And we're just really excited. The station's right in behind it because New Zealand cricket is on a high. And uh, I think there is uh, Mm. real excitement at uh, what New Zealand can do. There's trepidation, no doubt because we have a huge amount of respect for what India uh, are at home uh, but uh, the New Zealand fan base um, can't get enough of those black caps and we can't wait to bring it to you from 5 o'clock
0: Wonderful well, Thanks, thanks yeah. for joining us as well, Daniel McCarty mate. You guys have got an outstanding team of uh, broadcasters and and cricket callers right there with plenty of colour involved as well and we wish you all the best mate, we look forward to listening to you on SNZ and Hope you have a great call, and here's to a strong Kiwi performance.
4: Thanks so much, team. Appreciate it. And uh, back to the Black Caps, as they say.
0: Good man. Good man. That was Daniel McCarty. You can catch all the action here on SENZ right throughout the test series over there in India. And there's nothing better than flicking on the old wireless or maybe the SNZ app and being able to listen to the dulcet tones of Daniel McCarty, Jeremy Coney, Garth Galloway, and Richard Petrie giving us all the action of our boys overseas. That was a bit average for me, sorry, is to just throw you under the bus. Nah, mate. Nah, you you're get a free shot you're dominating it. You get a free shot in nah, car.
3: nah, you're dominating it. It was good, mate. I want to ask a question about. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to it, but why do they delay the naming for so long for a test match? Like we still don't even know it's on tonight. Who's who's starting in the, in mm. their test? So Why do they do that?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. It is a quick good question unless you're uncertain of the conditions so i don't anticipate they're going to change um but Mm. you'd probably expect that it's just going to be flat and then a bunsen burning turning sort of wicket so you should be able to name name your team sometimes it's conditions
3: yeah okay yeah that makes sense yeah
0: so you're normally only fighting for one position you'd normally tell the 10 players who you know will play and then the two that you're debating it out of you'll you'll sort of say look Mm. we'll let you know in the morning but you'd think the conditions they'd know pretty well, um, knowing, knowing what they're coming up against. But anyway, thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. A great savings every day. Time now for our Tiakao Racing update. Of course, Tiakao Racing, be part of New Zealand's number one stable. We're going to cross straight over to, well, I guess he's in Otaki about now. and is the, the one of the best in the business anywhere in the world. We've got some excellent racing at Otaki today with some very nice stake money on offer. Yesterday, well, we had a brief conversation about training and stables and getting stables that were getting hot. What does that exactly mean and how to trainers manage their horses on varying scales? Well, Tiakao Racing is New Zealand's number one record breaking stable. And Jamie Richards runs the cutter there, which makes him more than qualified to help us out with that discussion. I'm sure he'd do a lot better than what I tried to serve up yesterday. Anyway, good morning, JR. Hell of an intro there,
3: Dad. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, for the best. Good, mate.
0: Good. Firstly, before we get into anything, what happened to Time Flies today?
5: Oh, yeah. man. Got down there, temperature 39.2 this morning. Uh, so no go. Just got to... Uh, I guess some horses pick up a little bit of, yeah, a, little bit of a bug on the trip, and, and particularly young horses, um... So I'd say that's what's happened. He's just picked up a little bit of something on the way down there. So we've had to treat him up with some antibiotics and anti-inflammes and we'll get him home and have a good look at his bloods and, and then we'll get him back on track. He's a very nice horse and uh, watch him wherever he goes
0: next. Yeah, well, we got a text through from, of course, our SNZ man here and, and a former Te Aka man and Tana Walters who said, I heard Opie declare the next Millennium winner this morning, Tana. and I'm pretty sure he might have been talking about Time Flies. So... We just have to watch this space, I guess, eh?
5: Yeah, yeah, watch uh watch and wait for him. He'll he'll come home and probably need a week in the paddock and uh we'll just try and find a way to get him to the to the key All
0: right. Well we're gonna we're gonna ask about a few uh a few of today's racing um a uh, couple of today's horses a bit later on. But talk to us mate just a little bit about um, the amount of horses that you've got under your care for David Allison and Tiaka at at any sort of one time mate, in the stable.
5: So we work about a hundred every morning. Um, we've got we've got four different barns, um, and each of those barns has a foreman and an assistant foreman at them, and a number of riders depending on the scale, or the size of that barn. Um, so we try and sort of keep it, you know, as four different identities, so that the, sort of the horses all get. Sort of in a small stable, but obviously I'm there, sort of sort of looking at all of them. But um, the staff will have their different areas, but uh, yeah, it, it works really well.
3: Mate, how do you figure out? How do you give the horses as much time as possible when you've got such a big stable and so many horses to look far, look, look after? How how do you, as a trainer, as a head trainer, the head honcho, give each horse valuable time so they all get even amounts of time from yourself?
5: Just got to uh, pretty much dedicate your life to it, I guess. Uh, it's not a mm. it's not a nine to five, five days a week. It's 24/7, um, 365 days of the year. Um, and you know, I guess the thing with horses and, and working the hours that you do, you know, unless you really love it and, and and love what you do, you know, the sacrifices that you have to make, you know, not everybody sort of wants to wants to work the hours that we have to. So you've got to have a real passion for it. Um, and, and as I say, dedicate plenty of time to it. So, um, yeah, we, we I mean we go around and have a look at every horse every Monday. We go around and do what we call trot ups. So we go around and, and have a look at the horse, judges, you know, condition or her condition, have a look at their feet, see how they're moving, whether they need a bit of help from the vet or whether they might need a little chiropractor or a physio or something like that. That's that's a big part of our week is is looking at all the horses on a Monday. Monday's a pretty busy day. Um and then we go through the rest of the week, you know, gallops and trials and races and all of those sorts of things. But, um, you know, the stable's been going a long time, and, and I was fortunate, you know, to mm. obviously get the knob there, uh, What however many years ago it was. And there was already really good systems and processes here, and we'll just carry on those and, and, and refine them a little bit to, to what we like. And, yeah, it's going really well.
3: Nice, nice. All well, well, David's pulled the trigger on some lovely, ready to run beasts. A bit like myself and bears, we got a wee one in there as well. Any in particular that you're very excited to get your hands on, mate?
5: Yeah, so bought some really nice horses, um, and bought some really nice horses across a, a range of different price brackets, right up from six hundred and forty thousand for a silver bill colt, uh, who we really like <laughs> as a as a guineas sort of yeah. Derby sort of horse, and then right down through to uh, paid 30 grand for, for a burgundy um, gelding. Um, I think it's important to recognize when the boss is buying horses that, you know, when you're running a syndication model like he is, that you've got to buy horses at different, um, you know, within different price brackets because, you know, not everybody can afford to be in, in the expensive ones and somebody might want to just put their toe in the water with the cheap one and, and see how their experience is and see how we communicate with them and all of those sorts of things. So, um it's a, uh, you know, it's a really enjoyable time for us going to the sales and, and trying to pick out the next, uh, the next ginger nuts or tiaka shark. But if I was to um, probably single out one, um, there's a Tarzino filly that we bought um, out of Postman's daughter that I really like as a, as an Oaks sort of style of filly. Um, so we're certainly looking forward to, to working with her in the next, uh, you know, 12-18 months as we, as we see how she develops.
0: Is she uh still available or fully syndicated?
5: I think there might be a smidgen left in there, but I wouldn't Yeah, I'm not sure actually.
0: Have a look.
5: Uh at I think pretty much, much everything's out gone. Outside. Uh yes. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. Hey um mate, we're gonna have to let you go shortly, but a couple of quick things. We we talked a little bit um yesterday about when stables get hot. It seems to be that if if a stable gets on fire the whole all the horses from that stable seem to sort of fire. Is there a reason for that, or, or is that just perception?
5: No, I reckon there's a bit bit to that, and I reckon it's a confidence thing, confidence thing with the horses, with the staff, with the jockeys, uh, you know with your training, uh, you know whether you're captaining a sports team or playing a sports team or you know training racehorses or, or part of a team within our stable here. Um, you know when things are going well, it does seem to click, um, and I think there is a bit behind that. Um, unfortunately, when things are going wrong, it, it takes a little while to get out of the rut. Um, yeah. But you just got to ride the highs and the lows and, and enjoy it as, as best as you can. But, yeah, don't answer your question. I certainly think there's a bit of that.
3: Yeah, nice. Hey, quickly, how's the Ifraj filly if I get paid going? That's from Louis. He wants to know. <laughs> uh,
5: so she's just had a little jump out here this morning, team. Um, Has she? Has she? Sort of just just, just five minutes ago. Um so we just watched her work down the back straight. We'll get through a video of that a bit later on today. But she's she's going well. She's strengthened up a bit more. Obviously needs to continue to improve. But uh, she's going the right way. I don't think she's the next probabil, unfortunately. But let's hope she can win a race <laughs> <of> two.
0: <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> and what about this one's from Smitty, who's also sort of just watching in the wings in Hawke's Bay? said, see if Jamie's got a good astern stern colt on the go. Question mark, question mark. Yes, so we
5: brought in a stern, I think he's, well he is a gelding, uh, which makes our job a lot easier, Um, and he will be, he's actually had his first morning at the track here this morning, Um, and we're going to put a little bit of acid on him and see if we can get him up and going, Um, so yeah, you'll have to keep an eye out for him, I'm sure with his ownership group he'll have a very entertaining name that'll be worth taking note of.
0: Oh, they seem to get lucky as well. Before you let us go, can you steer us into a tip, please, Jamie? You've been good to us on this show.
5: Um, I think you can follow us in the two year old race on Saturday at Te Araha. Um We've got a couple of nice horses in there. We've got three nice horses, actually, but um, uh, I would be following I Choose You and Grace and Gr- Grace and Gray. Um, Two really nice fillies that uh, one's one's eligible for the KM and one is a um, uh, a filly that we bought from the Magic Millions and the same ownership got the group as, as Bright Blue Sky from last weekend. So certainly follow those two on the weekend. Very nice fillies. Uh,
0: you're Beautiful. a legend, Jamie Richards, absolute champion. We'll catch up soon, mate. Very much appreciate you joining us on Baz and for breakfast.
5: Sweet boys, have a good day. See ya.